host Ryan Idell, and today, a longtime friend of mine, I guess uh, used to be a business associate, now, right, I'll call us peers in a space, Justin Francisco. Justin, how are you, my man? I'm doing really good, Ryan. Thank you so much for asking. You, you're behind you. Just want to know it says no signal. I don't know if you care about that or not. I just wanted to. Uh, the team is that. the team is updating it. So as you're watching this live on Facebook, <laughs> you're going to see the logo pop up behind me. When you see it, do me a favor and press the heart button because it's going to make me feel better. Like I'm not antiquated with the way that I'm showing up on this podcast. So it's uh, it's coming around. But I appreciate you <laughs> you sharing that, Justin. Yeah. So when you I, when we first got on before we pressed live, I was sitting down and Ryan was standing up. So I said, you know, I had to, I had to put my desk up. I have one of those desks that go up and down because I really enjoy standing. Um, but the first time I watched myself, I was like moving like this. So I was like, I don't know if I should do this again. So now um, I'm prepared to just stay nice and, and firm in, in my stance as we talk here. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. So Justin, I like to start every one of these interviews with the same kind of general question. And that is, you've been an entrepreneur now for as long as I've known you. And I think from being on that journey, we get to see life a certain way. And so if you were to share one lesson with someone that's either thinking about taking that entrepreneurial leap, or is maybe in that first or second year of business, what's one thing that if you go back in time, you wish you would have known and been able to hold on to as you started your entrepreneurial journey? You know, that's an interesting question because for me, I'm the type of person that just goes, goes, goes without really thinking a lot, or at least for many years, I was that way. So I would just push, um, do the next thing, try something, do something next without really a fear uh, much of anything. Um, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why I had that, but I would just keep trying new things and keep doing new things. And um, whether it was racking up credit card bills to make it happen, um, whether it was just getting in with a business partner that I just met that I didn't know anything about, but I thought it was a good idea, would just jump in. So um, I would, I, I guess if, to answer that question, I would say um, adding uh, a little more research or intelligence to the decisions that you make. I wish that um, I, I had that aspect. I would, have, um, I would have been fine making money. I would have saved a lot of the losses that I had with that, um, knowing that. Uh, so that, having that perspective now, is what I would say I wish I had back then. I love that. And I love that. To me, that, that opens a door for a conversation about, to me, emotional intelligence, mm. right? And what that means as far as, you know, having that internal guidance system, I call it, that, that ends up creating our outside world, where I'll say that you and I were, were cut from the same cloth, where it was, right? How quickly can I get the black Amex card? It's what type of car can I buy? What's the watch on my wrist? Like, that, that was that was all that mattered. And to me, my moral compass, uh, it wasn't even broken. Like, it didn't exist. Like, it was like, well, what can I do to print money was all that I cared about. And that was my story, right? That certainly, I'm not implying that that was yours. But right, you've, I've got to watch right from a distance, but to see the content you put out, to see what you care about, to see about your family, to see all the ways that you're showing up now. And if you would, wouldn't mind sharing more pieces and parts about, right, what you've been through and what, and what's changed as far as, again, you now creating your own reality versus right before, maybe not even being aware of that, that being a possibility. Uh, what you just said at the end was actually the most interesting. And, I, and I'm hoping that with all the social media and, and influencers and, and life coaches and people out there that more and more people can become aware faster. Uh, I just had a conversation with somebody that 
said to me, literally they said, and it took me five or six years um, of, well, they said to me, you know, wow, you were, you became aware of what you were doing, the path you were going down and made a transformation, which for me personally was about um, 13 months ago. Uh, and we can get into that a little bit later, but, um, and then for them, you know, it took, they were 45 years old. I'm 35. They were 45 until they saw it. So seeing me, they saw it was early. So they, what I am trying to do with, um, my message and everything is, is have people realize and be aware that you can change earlier. It's never too late and, um, it's never too early. So to go back to that, when you said printing money, Ryan, uh, that was, the thing I probably a word I use every day. How can I print more money? How can we print money? Make the donuts, um, would, baby. Donuts, make the donuts, and then and then how can um you know how much am I making per minute? How much am I making per second? How much am I making? You know, like, and that's the kind of thing that I would do and cared about the most. Like it was, it was wild. Um, looking back on it, uh, and it was fun for a little bit. Don't get me wrong, but you you can't you can't sustain that and truly be happy and truly create an environment. Like you said, that your inner self creates your outer self and your outer world. Um, you can't do that without really checking in and realizing what your real values are. So that was the thing that was hands down. The most important realization to me is I was seeing, and this was me being unaware. And this is a lot of people out there just unaware of what their, their values are. So I thought freedom, meant getting $10 million saved in the bank, right? That was freedom to me. And I was like, that was like number one on my list. Like I needed to get that money in the bank and I would be happy and everything would work out, which looking at it now, if I got 10 million, I would probably end up saying, oh, now I need 20 million to be really happy. I was wrong about that, right? But that was my thing. So every day when I woke up, and I didn't even, again, I wasn't aware of this. I'm so glad you, you said that at the end there. I wasn't even aware that because that was my number one, I was waking up with that, with I'm not going to be happy until I have that. So what if I never got 10 million? I would never have been happy, like truly happy. I mean, obviously we have happy moments, we have content moments, but like just an overall, and that was what I was always focused on. So I would, so Going to what you were saying, when I'd be hanging out with my kids. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And I would be hanging out with um, my two-year-old isn't even born yet. And um, I would be having fun for 10, 15 minutes. I love my kids. But then I would just start thinking about that, that number. That Oh, man, I got to get back to my computer so I can get to that $10 million, get to that money that I want to, get, to make that dollars per minute go up. And it was just this weird thing that I never even was aware was happening to me. So that was... That was big. So once um, Tony Robbins was actually a big, big life changer. So anybody out there listening, if you need a, a shift, grab his book, go to a course, or just contact uh, uh, <laughs> Ryan here. He can probably be your mini Tony for you. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I love that. I'm I'm flattered by it. my face is getting a little red. But I mean, <laughs> what what I love is you're on the same path now. Right, like we have the entrepreneurial side of, of Justin, right? So uh, Justin has a, a few partners and owns a, a very successful business in the, the network marketing, not network marketing, affiliate marketing, traffic network side of yeah. things. Yeah. A little bit of an obscure space as you're listening. It might not be something you're super aware of, but he, how long have you had that com company for, Justin? I mean, it's six, seven years. Yeah, you said yeah, six six years of that specific company. Yeah, and um, it's just it's been steady, small growth, um, pretty consistent. Uh, affiliate affiliate marketing and I enjoy it. I have a small team. I, I like to keep things 
not sure how you are or how anybody is listening, but for me personally, my goal isn't to build, you know, I think it's important to realize what we really want in life, right? I don't want to have a team of 50 people, at least right now. Like that's not my goal of 50 people. I don't, I don't, I don't have that vision. I like to keep things tight, small and efficient and running smoothly. Um, that's just, this is who I am. It's just what I like. I don't want to walk in an office where I have, I'm a CEO of 250 people. I'm just, I just I don't have that desire right now. And I don't know if it's because I have four-year-old and two-year-old and I want to spend more time with them. Like, honestly, I, everything, all the decisions I make right now big are based on how, how I'm going to have time for, with my kids and my wife right now. Um, they're not in school, so they're here a lot. I work from home. So I think it's important for, for every year or every quarter or whatever you want to do to um, – see what, you know, what matters to you most in life and how those, and then it'll help you make the decisions down the road. Yeah, certainly. Right. And I, th I think that's one of the interesting things, right? Cause I, I got to see the other side back in the web hosting days, right? Like we had 125 employees under roof in Akron, plus another, I think 140 or 150 international, right? All, all those were customer service based, but like, having that whole different egoic sense of what success was, right? Not only was it the watch and the car, but it was also how many employees and how important could I feel walking into an office, which was so foreign from how I operate now. Like I'm cool with it. Is you're listening or watching, if you don't like me, like I love you for that. Like it, it doesn't, it's not that I don't care. Cause I think we all have that sense of like wanting to feel loved, honored, appreciated. We want to feel like we fit, Yeah, but it's just different now. Right. Like I don't have that need, like, just like you're saying the recalibration of what's important. Like for me, it's, it's my wife and my daughter. And when the workday ends, my phone goes down and I most, I don't look at it other than to make sure my alarm clock's on before yeah. I go to bed. Like I get home and it sits on the counter and like, three or four hours pass and I never look at it again. That, that's, that's, that, that's a good feeling. Is that, is you like that feeling when like you realize, wow, I haven't looked at my phone in a few hours. Yeah. you know, because obviously you're on it all day. We're on our, we're, we're the way that we work. We're on our computer. We're talking, you know, we're talking to clients and all that a lot on the, you know, zoom calls. So it's good to, to, to check away from that. Um, did you, were you ever back in, you know, the, the web hosting, the, uh, the networking, all the different networking events and affiliate events that were out there for the years in the business, were you a big, um, I, I'm, I wasn't sure. I can't remember. Were you a big partier? Like as far as like going out, staying out late, <laughs> drinking, were you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Back then I certainly was right. I, I, so I interviewed right. My, I'll say ex business partner, not as though there's any animosity, but Vinny Fisher that brought me into that industry. And the, the first memory I have, I didn't know anything about the affiliate marketing space, knew nothing about it at all. First thing that I ever got to experience, right. I got hired in, again, I'll say August. And if I recall, September is typically affiliate summit East, like kind of close or maybe yeah, August, September. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I had been employed for all five weeks, right? And didn't know anything about the space. Go to Affiliate Summit. The very first first night, first thing is uh, uh, a private party, essentially, back then at Juliet Supper Club. And it was, gosh, our, our tab, by the time it ended up, by the time we shut it down, was like 55 grand. Oof. And it was us and a company that is now no longer called the Tax Club. And like just a whole bunch of different people that all had come together right for this party. And it was just like all bets were off. Like I got exposed to this whole different way of living where, right, like a 30 to $50,000 bar tab. And those events was kind of like normal. It was like, you were just, again, like, yeah, nah, that's just what we do. 
and right at, because that's what I thought we did, I didn't realize I was ignorant to the fact of how much that was actually costing me as a eventual owner of the business, right? Like everything switched and I went from affiliate manager to owner. It's like, whoa, whoa, time out. We're not flying the entire company anywhere. Like that's, that's all coming out of, out of the back pocket pr- pr- proportionally, right? So to answer your question, super long-winded version, yeah, right there. That, I was never a drug guy. Like that wasn't my thing. No, no judgment for people, right? If that's, if that's what you were into. But for me, it was always the most lavish, decadent, party possible like how could we get into the club you're not supposed to get into walk in with 10 or 15 guys so the only way to do it back then right was you got to pay to play you had to pay you didn't have any girls with you you had to pay got to guarantee the minimum to walk through the door right and you go to the vip and you have the bottle you know the hostess come over and say okay look just go find 10 or 15 attractive women bring them up here we'll pay for them to drink and it was man that's what it was back then that's what it was yeah and um i had somebody ask me because I enjoy I had a lot of fun and I enjoyed it but like you said you didn't realize I didn't realize what um what it was doing in the time that I was wasting uh the precious time that we have in life to to with ourselves but um somebody asked me recently they said do you have FOMO from it because I have I don't I barely drink anymore mm-hmm. I know um and again I drank a lot I dabbled in drugs I did these things I don't judge anybody I was it was there was lessons to be learned and I had fun sometimes and other times not. And, you know, so what I'm saying is uh, somebody asked me and I said, I truly didn't, didn't even realize this till a little while ago. And I was talking to my wife about it. I was like, I don't have the desire to like go out to the clubs and party. And it's not because I have kids. I was doing it. I, I was, I was going to these parties when I had my daughter. So it's more of what the work that I've done. Um, inside myself with myself that create created just the the outside world not even wanting like not even having that desire and it's weird how that shift happens where before i would have to like force myself to say okay i'm not going to go to that event uh, and then i get then i start getting angry at my wife because you know she doesn't want me traveling all the time and i'd be like ah oh, i could be there right now doing this and being with those guys and then i'd be like oh i'm missing out on this and my a business partner and associate would call you, dude, where are you? I can't believe you're missing. We're now over the, it's I, I'm, like you just said, okay, I'm glad you're having a lot of fun. You know, it would be cool to be there, but I'm not. And so be it. Yeah. And, um, and before I had to force myself to feel that way, I think just, um, you, you need to actually do things to get to that, into that position is what I'm trying to say though. And the number one, tool that I would recommend or believe in is uh, a daily meditation. And um, I know it's been said a million times, but I think it's important to keep reminding of how important it is. I don't, I know we talked a little bit about how your meditation or you, you don't even really call it a meditation. How uh, you call it something else, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it goes back and forth with different terminologies, but okay. yeah. I'm curious about how your journey down the meditation, I'll call it rabbit hole. Like, yeah. Where did it come from? Where did it start? What's the, that progression been? Because as I've worked with kind of more than a handful now of, of clients, and we start down this path of like holding some time and space and silence of the of the morning, yeah, right. There's instantly like I don't know how to do it. How am I supposed to think? What? How can I hack this? Should I buy a muse? Should I you know use this app? And I'm like, oh, time out, time out. Like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Like you're you're missing it. 
But how did, how did you, right? When did it start and what have you experienced through your practice? So actually in two months, um, I'm going to be a certified meditation teacher. Uh, taking a, a eight week course, a week of it is, um, actually in house with, uh, very well-known meditation guru per se, uh, David G is his name. So, um, whatever that means, I'll be a certified meditation teacher, but it's a pretty intense course that I'm going to be going through with a lot of silent days and everything. But anyway, um, and I'm really excited about it because I'm so passionate about the, the transformation that it's created inside of me and how it's affected my relationships, the people I attract and everything else and business too. Um, but to go back to what you said, Ryan, um, I'm kind of fortunate that I just went simple with it. And it's, it's interesting you say that where everybody thinks they need these hacks and do this or do that. The simplicity is just doing nothing. Um, not thinking about anything and just being in a space where you just take, 10 minutes for yourself, 10 to 15 minutes, and just realize that you, you're not doing anything else. Um, and I like to make sure that I'm not in a work environment. So I actually have a separate room that I go to every morning uh, that I sit down on my cushion. So comfort is king. That's the number one thing that I would say. Because if you're meditating, if you decide to pick up meditation, you're working with a client and they try it in their bedroom one day and they do it in their closet, their walk-in closet the next day, and they do it in their office the next day, it's not, they're not comfortable. So, and they're sitting on a blanket one day, the next they're not, the next they're sitting on a chair. So number one thing I always say is comfort is king or comfort is queen, whatever you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have that, that, that meditation um, pillow and I just sit on it. And um, a lot of times I'll do, I'll use what's called the insight timer. There's a lot of really cool courses on there and I just go, I just pick up courses on there and then I'll just also do well, the, the morning ones. I like to do intention meditations, different ones. Um, and then and that's it. I just keep it simple. Close my eyes and you know, the thoughts come, but then you have to let them go. It's just part of, part of it. And here's the thing. If you don't get up a little bit, most people have family. Oh, Yes, most people I deal with or talk to have families. You don't get up before your kids get up. You're not going to end up doing it, right? So that's like, that's number two. So after comfort, it's get up before your kids. And if that means going to bed 20 minutes earlier than you normally go to bed, do it. Uh, because it's it's a game changer. And in the days I don't want to meditate, I still I still meditate. So here's the other thing there, right? I was um, one of the medit and here you learn a lot. Do you, like, do you do guiding at all, Brian? Uh, so I, I've, I have, and for Justin, probably for the past six or seven months, it's been silent, right? No muse, no okay. inside timer, no, no anything. So I have right the red light that we'll dive into, and okay, I'll turn on the like I'm in my infrared sauna, and I'll turn on the red light, and I know the red light has a 20 minute cycle to it, and so it's enough that when the light shuts off. It, it kind of brings me back in. So I'm not always right. I mean, I, I could sit around, I feel like for two or three hours and now I experience eternal nothingness. Right. And who knows, right. I've never went that far, but like to me, 30 minutes snaps by in, in the blink of an eye. So right. if I don't have something to bring me back, I don't know how long I'd be quote unquote gone for. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's cool. That's, that's a powerful place to be. And that just doesn't just happen overnight, by the way, people listening. <laughs> it takes some, you know, some practice and some consistency. And that's number three, definitely, is consistency with it. 
Um, I like how you kind of combine the red light and the meditation so you don't have to do two separate and, uh, you know, have more time that you're doing things. So when you say a half hour, you have to, if you think back um, to the time when you had little, you know, like your, your daughter was two or even one, um, to find a half hour in the morning is really tough for anybody, for a lot of these people, like anybody I've talked to and, and even myself. So you, the only way to do it is getting up early. Um, and, and like, er, like earlier, it's the only way, otherwise it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, even, even to me, cold submersion, right? We get into right, some of the biohacking stuff that I think we're, and I don't even love that term, but right. It's what it's deemed as right now. Yeah. Like being able to sit in a nice bath. The only way that you can really, to me, quote unquote, handle that, right? Like that 35 degree water is to figure out how to relax and just be present in the moment, right? If we get into some of the, the books and some of the teachings of like Alan Watts and we start discussing, right? Like what is, what is the now? Like almost all of us are chasing a memory of something that existed, which you can't ever visit. It's not real anymore. Or we're chasing something that we think is going to come. And so we miss out on all the goodness that is right now. And that's really the only thing that ever exists. Right. So like yeah. having sitting in that freezing cold water and realizing that the minute that you can relax your muscles, like you think about when you get in a cold shower, right? You're, you're tense, you're tight, like, man, this is miserable. Or you're outside in the cold, right? Like I'm in Ohio, so it gets cold here. But the minute you just like shake it out and you're just like, all right, I'm just going to relax. Your body switches back over and starts to actually warm up. Like you don't feel the cold anymore. It's, it's really fascinating. Yeah. And some people listening might be like, dude, st stop, right? What are you talking about? That's not, that's not how it works, but it's, a, it's a hundred and 10% correct because I mean, every morning now I, I do that, that the cold shower. I don't have a bath where I can go in. Right. Um, so let me ask you, why, why do you do that? Why do you go into that, that cold bath every morning? So for me, it's, it's mitochondria efficiency, right? When we really dive into it, what, what's happening is right. That original fight or flight response of, I want to get out of the shower or out of the, out of the cold water, whatever it would be for you is it would look at the mitochondria in case you're unfamiliar as you're listening are those essentially the battery cells of your body and you have you know normal cells but your mitochondria outnumber the cells in your body i think it's seven or ten to one right there's way more of them but much like the iphone that at least i have in my hand right now over a period of time right you plug it in and it somehow dies after like six hours you're like man this is this is trash and just so happens with apple right that's about the time they're going to release a new phone but we'll, we'll put that to the side <laughs> But for us, what's happening is those mitochondria inside of our body, those energy cells are only half efficient. And so when you step into the water or you submerge yourself, your body's fight or flight response is actually, if you can withstand that, it's killing off the half dead battery cells and it creates new ones almost instantaneously. Like the, the multiplication effect, your body has a carrying capacity for how many mitochondria you can have in your body. And so when the half charged ones die off, you almost instantly create new ones which is beautiful because now you have a heightened sense of awareness. You have new, you know, neuroplasticity effects. You have heightened uh, uh, metabolic response. Like what's happening is you just have a heightened sense of energy all the time. And right. So as I track heart rate variability and some of the key performance indicators for how my body works, yeah, the spaces between my heartbeats are actually increasing as my body is experiencing less stress from being able to withstand the stress of cold water. If that's yeah. making sense across, like, I, yeah. I know we, we took a big, a big left turn there, but that's what it is. I, I, I 
love and can appreciate so much that you know so much about it. Like you're, you're like you're so intelligent when it comes to the mitochondria and, and the whole health and the background behind it. I love it, and I can totally appreciate it. Um, it I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, okay, I know it's like so, does something good, and mm -hmm. I love it, and it challenges me. And so that's why I'm going to do it every morning. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that thing that I just don't want to like, I, I will take that quick hot shower and then I'm like, all right, here we go. We're doing cold. I don't want to do this, but it's something in the morning that I got, I have to do something that I don't want to do. So I get in and you're right. Like if I start breathing heavy, it's terrible and it creates this horrible. So then you, you have to, you, the only way, the only way to handle something like that, especially your ice bath, God knows what temperature that is. What is it? 45. Now it should be, it's just, just above frozen water. So right. 34 to 36. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you have, yeah, I, I, you have to tell I have to tell myself every time. So for those that have done this or did it for a week and stopped, that's usually the case for most people with things. Um, and that's, again, that just has to, uh, that was me for a long time. Um, but yeah, just calming down and then it makes it so much simpler and better when you're in there and um it's the same as i and i, and I did this my whole life because i live in upstate new york right so it's freezing out here anytime you meet somebody this is what every time you meet somebody that, that's like oh you're from upstate new york it's freezing there it's always the first sentence i say it's kind of funny but <laughs> yeah i would walk outside and i'd be tense right I'd be like oh this is so cold and it makes it worse and now i'm aware of that and you just kind of just relax and just go through and it makes it completely changes your state or your level. And I don't know the technical terms like you do. I just, I, I'm a simple, simplified kind of person. <laughs> what I, I love the simplification, right? There's certainly nothing wrong with just enjoying the, the, the simplicity of certain events. And that's right. A little hack that I'd love to challenge you or, or share with you. Yeah. Right, ben Greenfield has done a lot of, a lot of stuff on this back and forth. And I he had a doctor on a show West something or another. doesn't really much matter. But by alternating 20 seconds in the shower of intense cold, like as cold as your shower will go, then slide yourself back, turn it all the way to the hot as it will go, stand in for 10 seconds, slide back out, shut down the cold, wait till it's coming in, jump into it and go back and through that, the 20 second, 10 second, go through that in 10 revolutions. Most of this West doctor's clients will lose between 10 and 15 pounds in a month by creating a certain amount of thermogenesis inside your body just by alternating hot and cold in such an extreme, extreme capacity. You're kidding. So it's like, it's such an efficient quote unquote hack where, right. Okay. You're adding another three minutes to your shower. I, I get it. But like clean yourself off, do the normal stuff. And then I just literally like my wife will walk in the bathroom. She, I can see like, she looks over and she's like, Jesus, I know what he's doing. Right. Cause it's like I'm <laughs> back and like reaching and waiting and then I step into it. <laughs> That's cool. I'll have to try that. Yeah, it's, it's have awesome. Seen, have you seen, like, I mean, it's probably hard for you to track KPI on that because you do so many other things, but have you seen any results? Um, I'll say I'm starting to tighten up more, right? Like, and this has been something that I've been actively doing now for uh, 15 or 20 days in that capacity. Like, the cold showers at some point just stop bothering me. Like, but much like you said, Justin, for me, it was the mental aspect of, like, I don't want to do this at all. If I can suck it up, because I'll, I'll get out of, I used to get out of the, like I have an infrared sauna at home. I get out of the infrared sauna, I'd be sweating, I'd instantly just go take a cold shower. Uh, okay. Like, as quick as I could. Yeah, and it's like, all right, if I, can, if I can do that, 
I can kind of, and it sounds crazy, but I can do anything today. Like, cause it's early. And so the switching back and forth has been a nice new recalibration of like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But I'm going to cool. do it anyways. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that a lot. And that, that's, it's an even tougher challenge. I'm definitely, yeah. You said, you, you said your wife walks in and sees you. So uh, my shower has a double, I have two heads in it. So sometimes we'll shower together and in the mornings and I'm like, Hey, I, I, like I'm about to go cold. She hates it. She hates the cold water, right? It's just not her. Um, and so I'm like, step back. <laughs> She's not done showering. I'm like, I got to finish. So then I'll go under for like two minutes. She's like, are you done yet? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's why. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man. In the beginning it was, it's, you know, I think when you, when you add something new to your routine in your relationship and the, or the other person does, you look at them kind of funny in the beginning. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And then once they're actually consistent with it and you, they, you kind of see, oh, they're going to actually keep doing this, then it just normalizes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just I've been sending notes of appreciation to my wife and daughter really every morning. And I'll say every morning, right, if I go back over three years, I've certainly missed more than a handful of mornings. But I'll say 98 plus percent of the time they get a note of appreciation. And cool. it took my wife between six months and a year to ever send one back. And it wasn't, I wasn't sending it to her looking for something in a response. It was like, what do you mean that sense of gratitude in the morning? There's nothing wrong with our relationship. But I eventually asked her like, what, why now? Like, why did you send one back? And she's like, well, honestly, you have started so many things and stopped them. Like, cause you get motivated, you get excited and like, this is the greatest thing in the world. And then you just stop. She goes, I just was waiting for this kind of to die out. Like you were just going to, go on to something new. I'm like, man, that is a brilliantly impactful kick in the balls for me because she was right. Like, I didn't want to hear that, but it's like, and this is true as it gets. Like I, I was notorious for just starting something and stopping. And what, why do you think that's shifted now to you're able to be more consistent with, with something? So that's a great question for me. It's, somewhat understanding my own awareness somewhat is you know under <laughs> understanding that there's there's no shortcut what? we have a, do we have a guest in the studio right now i think i, I think we do happen so let's pick you up yeah what's up yeah um the boot the buddhist saying of like being impeccable with your word have you heard that before of course yeah so i like th it just started happening so you were, I forgot, I'm sorry, I didn't let you finish because I asked you a question about like what made you actually be more consistent now. Mm -hmm. So I do want you to finish that. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, it's fine, Justin. Like for me, it was first and foremost understanding that, right, I, I was accepting the fact that I hadn't been consistent is really where it started, right? Mm -hmm. to, to stop lying to myself, like, no, no, I have been. Like, no, I really haven't. I finally realized that I've been chasing shiny coins all the time. Like, mm -hmm. when's the next big thing? And understanding that, like, where I want to get to, as cliche and cheesy as this sounds, it was really understanding that the journey was the most impactful part. Like, the destination was never going to come. Like, just like you started with with money, like, there's no dollar amount in the bank account that's going to magically make me quote unquote successful. Like, success is winning each day or winning each hour or getting the one thing done for me that day. Like, that's success because the money will come and go. Like, I've had both sides of that. Like, that. Right. The experiences will come and go. It's how do I just be, how do I show up as the best version of me all the time? 
right? Even when I don't want to, like, how can I just be here and be me? And when I got that, like to finally like click and realize, man, this is not a destination I'm going to arrive to. It's like, it's already here and it's all around me all the time. It just shifted for me. It's like, man, I gotta, I gotta quit this. I gotta quit this nonsense. That's why I got rid of everything else other than the coaching business. It's like, it's interesting. This is what yeah. it is for me. This like, is it. And you're all, yeah. And you went out. And so that's, it sounds like, uh, no matter what, uh, it sounds like you're, you're in a position now where you're kind of in a flow where no matter what's happening around you, you still just stay consistent with your, your inner self and how you're, how you are. And if you stay that way, you know, you'll get through that challenge or you'll get through that situation. Um, that's, that's cool, man. That's great to see. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's it's what I'm work. striving for. It's a work in progress, right? I, 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 we're all human, just like you said, to start the interview, right? There's, yeah. there's certainly some days where I'm sure if you ask my wife or, you know, the team around the office, it's like, no, like he was an asshole today. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's not, it's not perfect, but it, it feels so few and far between to me. It's just like, I'm good. I'm, I'm right here. Yeah. I mean, you're in it, like, I can like, Ryan, you're, you're in it to, um, uh, you're, I mean, you're focused to a level that, you know, is, is, um, mo- people want to achieve or maybe they don't. Um, but it's, it's impressive. Like it's really impressive. So one of the, one of the beautiful things that I love about life is you just never know what's going to happen. And I'll have moments where I am just so dialed in and, and, and focused you know, not moments, but days or weeks straight, like, like yourself, you know, it might, you might've been going for months now. I, you know, I don't know, but you know, even months at a time. And then, um, I went on a Disney trip recently with my daughter and my wife, and it was four days of none of that focus. Right. So it was, you know, my morning routine gone, which I, you know, which I always have. I mean, I still try to do a little bit. I get a little meditation in out there, right in the gratitude journal. Um, I think one or two days out there, but it's, it's completely like it shifts, right? When you're, and, um, and this like interrupted my pattern I've been so used to for months. And um, you, at, at first when it, when that happens to someone, they might get annoyed or be like, crap, like this isn't, I, I got to get in what I've been doing. I got to, I've learned to just flow with what life brings at you. And then as long as, like you were saying, as long as you're true to yourself with your integrity and you, you, you have that awareness, you can jump right back into the routine that you're used to that creates that um, impact that you're trying to create on other people, right? Yeah. Because it, it, the other thing can happen where you come back and then you just completely fall off. Right. And you go back to your old patterns and then it's harder to get back on board. I mean, it's as simple as it's, it's, it's crazy. Right. I mean, do you, do you agree with that? Like, this is what I'm realizing. It's, it's so easy. It's so simple to fall off and start to get back into, you know, some old habits and things. If that makes sense. Yeah, it certainly does. Right. And like, I mean, from where I sit, we, we all have to figure out our own, what I'll call internal guidance and calibration. And just because like I say somebody should do something doesn't mean, that it's the ultimate should. Like I had to, there's some things that I call my non-negotiables. And like, when I say non-negotiable, that's not like some cheesy, coy, cliche term. Like, I know for me, if I don't sweat and I don't work out, I'm not showing up as the best version of me. So even if we go on vacation, even if we travel, even if I'm business trips, like I don't care how little sleep I got, I'm still gonna wake up in the morning, even if it's a hotel, shitty gym, and I'm, I'm going to figure out some way to break a sweat. Like it might only be 15 minutes. I'm going to do something. Cause I, I got to get out of it. Like I have to shift into that. 
And for me too, reading is one of those things that I absolutely love. Like it fires me up. It creates a new perspective. It's staying off my phone in the morning. Like there's just some things that I have decided that for me, if I don't do them, I'm just not showing up as the best version of me for everybody that comes into my life. And that could be my family on a vacation. That could be people I get the pleasure of working with across the country. That could be you and I on this interview. Like if I don't do these things, like, man, I've just, I've dropped the ball. And so when I no longer gave myself permission to skip, that's when it like, I became, I say lethal. Like, cause I look at in, in life is somewhat, I'm so anti-personality. I think we all have some sort of comparative measure. It's not that one person is better or worse than another, but I look at in every interaction, especially if you're considering, I'll say working with me in any capacity. And we hop on an investigatory phone call to see how things go. It's my job to show you that there's a better way to live. I have to be performing at a higher level than you are in order to get you to see what's possible. Mm. And so I have to show up like that, like all the time. And so it was, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just like that stuff started to snap for me. I'm like, man, I couldn't imagine ever quote unquote sliding back into a different way. Right. Because I love it. I was going to say, you love it. You can tell you love it. That's, that's, that's the, that's the driving force right there. You love it. Like if you didn't love it, that would create so much anxiety and pressure and stress on you. That would not be good. But no. because you love it and no, and, and, and you're in it, like, that's, that's huge. That's, that's, that's it. Well, it went from something that I was doing to something that I am. And I think like when we, when all of us have that thing inside of us, right? Like I said, just, just because I do eight things every morning doesn't mean as you're listening, you have to do eight things every morning. And if you don't, you're a piece of shit. Like, I don't feel like that's true in any capacity, but when you figure out the things that you're doing and why you do them and you test against them, right? I don't believe that just because you're reading a book or because you and I might, you know, take cold showers, like as you're listening, do it for 90 days and see if you feel better. If you don't test against it, right? We, we come from the direct response space. Everything's got a split test running, like everything always. And I believe life should be that way too, but then figure out what works for you. And then as we talk about scheduling, figure out when you're going to revisit it to test against it again, like so that you're never becoming complacent, right? If we look at, Oh gosh, uh, I don't know if it's Tom Bill, you, it doesn't really much matter, but someone just recently was saying like, don't become a victim of the series of events that you've created for yourself to put yourself in power. Like if you fall victim to the confines that you created for yourself, you actually are sedating yourself into a different level of complacency. And I was like, man, that's brilliant too. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. Like there's no version of me that didn't do anything. And then there's like this hyper focused version that does everything. And I was like, okay, where is there somewhere in between? I don't know. Let's try for 90 days. Let's see how I feel. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, like the brilliant things I see with you and some of the things that I see you sharing and how you're showing up is the acceptance that like, we don't have it all figured out. And I'll say, I actually don't have any of it figured out. Like. I like being a student of life. Like I like I hearing it. the things that you're doing and be like, man, that's, I got to try that. Like when I heard two minutes in cold shower, I'm like, I haven't done two minutes for, I, I can't even count how long, like, damn it. I got to do a two minute shower now. <laughs> How's, your water pressure? How's your water pressure? Mine's so weak in my house. I mean, it makes it worse. It's like trickles on your body and you're like, ah, 
I, I feel like ours could could second as an elephant washer, right? We we have we have some nice solid nice. water pressure. Nice. It's like little it. little needles that are like jabbing my body the whole time. Nice. That's so, funny, man. Yeah, <laughs> Justin, yeah. I, I want to talk about. I I'd love to talk about your coaching, right? I want to talk about your coaching because here here you are in front of me. Yep. Owner of a successful business, have went through his own recalibration, mm-hmm. figured out things that work for him has implemented them in his life, and now feels called and compelled to help other people realize a heightened sense of self. And that trickles over into business, relationships, everything across the board. Talk to him about your coaching methodology, talking about what it looks like, right? Like, as you're listening, Justin is brilliant with this. He's not giving himself enough credit, but like, you have something that people need. Yeah, I actually appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Ryan, um, you know, uh, one of the, one of the, I wanted, so if you go back and look at my social media and everything, I was in the beginning, meditation meant so much to me and it changed my life so much. I was just constantly talking about that. Right. I had a lot of people reach out to me. Um, Hey, I'm going through a hard time. You know, how did you make a shift or what are you doing? And, um, as that was happening and I was having these conversations, I really felt, and you said it like, I think this is what happens to real life coaches and whatever niche that they're in is they feel like this compelling or this calling. They don't just one day wake up and say, you know what? I think I'm going to decide to be a life coach today. I think I can help people think there's a way that I can. Um, I think that I believe that if like there, you actually feel the energy that you need to help others in some way, shape or form. So that's where I started to shift my um, energy and mentality of, of, um, you know, I'm going to put some more stuff out there, put some feelers out there because I have my other business and see, uh, you know, see if I can see if see if the people will respond. And then came figuring out who I wanted to help. Right. Who exactly. Instead of just this broad because I have my mindful impact podcast that I've narrowed down into uh, more of a family mindfulness um, podcast instead of just a broad mindfulness. Right. So, um, you know, who do I want to help? And I came and I came down to what I went through. So um, high achieving or high performing males uh, with families, just like myself with a family that, um, you know, that here's the thing. Okay, so it's hard for me to answer this because. I don't like you. My whole thing is like when people reaching out to me like, Hey, my marriage is struggling and it's because I'm focusing on work so much and all that. So I don't want to be the person to say, I'm going to save your marriage. Right. And, and, and but at the same time, you're still going to be able to be super successful at work and super and, and, um, and have the best marriage possible at the same exact time. Right. If you're struggling with that. And, um, because I don't, I want to say I'm a savior, you know, so I, I help with that. And it's because I went through it. And, um, you know, there was a time where my relationship was like this and it was bad, like on the brink of saying, I want to leave each other kind of deal. You know what I mean? And I haven't shared that too much. Um, and we had to really work on it and figure out why. And we have now come to the other side of it and we're closer, better than we've ever been. And business is getting better than it's ever been too. So I know that I can help others achieve the same exact thing. Um, so, and it all, uh, so I do have a process. And I don't know if you use this in your, in your coaching, but I always start with a brain dump. I want to, 
I don't want to ask about your family. I don't want to ask about your history. I don't want to ask about your past right away. I just want to know what's on your mind. Every single thing that you're thinking of that's going through your mind on a weekly basis, throw it all on paper. And it could take a couple hours to get that done. So, um, you know, so you put, and then you separate it into, there's a whole process to it, but separating the things that are serving you that aren't serving you. If there's some negativeness in there, how can we reframe that? For example, I hate when I don't get my workout in for the day, right? You see that a lot when someone's brain dumping. Um, I hate when I, when I don't get my, <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, a good thing you do get it in every day. You hate yourself a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's just as an example, right? And you can change that, that, that um, phrase to be, you know, I, I'll feel so much healthier when I get my workout in, you know? Um, and instead of using those words like hate and stuff and this, those little shifts, you write it all down and you figure it all out together. And, um, and then that's, that's just, I love starting that way. Cause I, I feel like I get to know somebody and I get to know where their head's at that current time. Um, you know, we're not psychiatrists. Um, this is, at least this is my belief. You know, this is how I work. I don't like, let's talk about, you know, your childhood and how that's affected you and all that, you know, I, I'm not an expert in that. <laughs> so I don't operate that way. Um, then we slowly implement. I like, to, and, that, and that gets me to know, like, hey, can we add three things, three different things this week that you can try or, or do or, or 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 notice, like, be aware of? For example, um, fi- for me, this is an interesting one that people might um, get some value from. For me, uh, finances. I, I loved spending money. I don't know if you ever this way, but I loved spending money. Like once it came in, I got scared. If I saw a big number in my bank account, I had to spend it in some way, shape or form. It was weird, weird. And I, I didn't know why I just did it. And then one day I decided to say, you know, what, what emotions am I feeling when I do that? So, you know, I like to have people go through a full week and, and with certain things and just write down stuff like that. So now if I decide to spend a $5,000 on something, that I didn't need or, or do. And I, I, I'll sit there say, okay, now what emotions are happening right now? What am I feeling? You know, you're figuring things out. And then we talk about that. <laughs> you know, I love to work through that. You know, so it's a lot of um, inner work so that you're out of world. So um, it, it, it's all based on experience, right? So you look at your past that you've done and that's how you help people. And I look at everything I went through in my past and that's how I've helped people. And it's really funny how similar it is with others. It's like everybody goes through such similar things. It's crazy, but we all feel like we're on this island alone. It's, it's nuts. Um, so it's cool to be able to uh, see that shift in people and, and talk to people about that stuff. For sure. So, Justin, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, right? Obviously, you have a Mindful Impact podcast. So, you're listening to this podcast. I encourage you to press pause, go to the search bar, type in Mindful Impact. Is a mindful impact podcast or mindful impact? Yeah, you can find mindful impact with Justin Francisco. Mindful impact podcast. We're all over the place. iTunes, Spotify, um, and I'm doing a 30 day series right now on that exact avatar that I talked about because that's that's the person that I, that's the person that I help. So I wanted to um, have some deep conversations with those high performing men with families that what their biggest struggles are and everything. I'm doing a, a series right now every Friday. Um, my normal podcast is Monday episodes. I interview somebody about mindfulness and family and everything. 
but I'm adding a Friday. Every Friday is going to be somebody that I, uh, that I interviewed and talked to for a half hour about everything they're going through in life and, and stuff. It's really cool to, to listen to because you see that we're not on an island. We're all very, very similar. It's going through a lot of the same things. Certainly. And, and Justin, if we're to, to kind of put a bow on this time I get to spend with you, <laughs> if there's one lesson that you want to share with a listener that they're going to remember you by, what do you want them to remember you by? Wow. Oh, oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, I always, man. We didn't talk about this, but if, if they could remember if they had a choice between being right in a conversation or being kind, choose kindness every time. That would be like a big word of advice. It's what I live by a lot. And it stopped me from a lot of arguments and a lot of unneeded, necessary toxicity by choosing kindness more often. I love it. I love it so much. Justin, thank you, my man, for being a guest on the show. I know this has got to be part one of two, right? I know there's, there's another one coming between you and I because I want to dive into more of, of that side, right? I want to talk more emotional intelligence, things like that. I know right from one marketer to another, after 45 minutes to an hour, people are tuning out. So we, we, yeah, we, 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 we can go on so much longer. I feel like we barely even touched the surface. That's what's weird, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call it quits. We'll jump back in. We'll, we'll get another time on the calendar and we'll, we'll come at it again, my friend. Thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan.